It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Well, against this team, you know, they're such an honest team and have been for a long time. I know obviously they've lost a few in a row, but that doesn't really mean much to me. They're, you know, their goaltending is probably as good a tandem as there is in the league. Their decor is elite, and they've got some really special forwards. So, you know, but at the end of the day, we've got to continue to create the blueprint that we've kind of created here over the last three weeks about how we're going to be able to have success. And, you know, it's about playing fast and staying on top of people, five-man gaps, um, our breakouts have been a lot better. I think we've done a much better job recognizing our wingers in particular when they can need to come for support, when they need can stay high. So, you know, all these things add up, and we've just got to be, continue to work on these areas and continue to improve in them. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome as we get ready for the San Jose Sharks to take on the Boston Bruins. And that's David Quinn talking about what they need to do to get that first win on the road this year. The San Jose Sharks playing much better hockey as of late, especially they've been winning at home. Now they are tasked with winning on the road. That is the next step as they continue their growth throughout this 2023-2024 season, which at the start of this month, the first two games, it was a bit of a tailspin, a nosedive, if you will. Now, the San Jose Sharks are pointed in an upward trajectory, but their biggest test comes against Boston. To talk about all things San Jose Sharks, we are now joined by Shalena Goldman, who covers the San Jose Sharks for NHL.com. Shalena, what's going on? Oh, not too much. It's going to be weird to watch a game from the couch as opposed to being at the tank, which we were so, so much in the month of November. Yeah, and looking ahead to the schedule of December even more, even though this is still the last day of November, I don't think they have a single weekend home game in the month of December, which is is odd. There are like three Sunday games, which is relative, or four, excuse me, including New yeah. Year's Eve. Um, so it's, yeah, it's the schedule's a little bit weird. I feel like we're usually home around Christmas, but that is not the case this year. But uh, you know what? The games are getting played one way or another. And I think the the crazy thing, Shalena, is that if we go back to, you know, the start of this month, we're talking about two, um, I mean, just bad, for lack of a more descriptive term, you know, 10-1 and 10-2 losses. And since that point, the Sharks have been kind of a decent hockey team. And I mean, that's that to me beyond some of the micro stories, which we'll get into, like, but just the fact that they pulled out of that nosedive and now are respectable ever since. I mean, that that's it's pretty impressive, I gotta admit. It was so crazy. I almost forgot that the that the ten one loss to Vancouver and then the ten two loss to Pittsburgh were the two games to start off the month of November. And I went back and I looked and I was like, oh my gosh, that's where this team started off just four weeks ago. And, you know, again, you know, despite a couple sort of smaller storylines, they really have been you know, been able to play like a team. They're better five on five. Their special teams are better. They're defending better. They look, um, you know, they have a stronger four check. Um, are there still things that they need to iron out? Sure. But 
David Quinn said during that long losing streak to start the season that they were still learning to play as a team. And that didn't, I don't think that sank in so much up until the very end of November when we saw them winning games. Mm-hmm. And even with that shootout loss to Montreal, they are playing like a more cohesive group. And I think that speaks a lot to them trending in the right direction. You know, we look at last week in particular, um, where they had the 3-1 loss to Vancouver, which was a competitive game, and then they had that loss to Seattle, 7-1, which was bad. Then, like you just mentioned, the shootout loss to uh, Montreal, then the win against Vancouver, and then since then, the Monday win against the Capitals before tonight's game against Boston. It makes the 7-1 loss to Seattle all the more an aberration. Like, I don't know... Like that, it becomes more and more inexplicable the further we get from it because it just, you know, if you look at those those bad losses at the start of the month, then they won two, and then they had two competitive road losses against Vegas and Anaheim. Then they came home and had a competitive loss against Florida, beats St. Louis, you know, was right there with Vancouver back on the road, and then that 7-1 loss to Seattle, then the shootout loss and two straight wins. It's like, that's the one that still... Like, I'm more confused about that Seattle loss, I think, at this point than I am by the two games that they lost 10-1 and 10-2. Well, I think the biggest thing with the loss to Seattle is that, you know, with the 10-1 and the 10-2 losses, since they still hadn't won a game yet and they still had so much to figure out, I think. And and we're also much more removed from those games now since it was, you know, a longer time away. I think the biggest thing with the Seattle loss is that after being so competitive against Vancouver – um, once that happens, it's like, okay, this was a really bad game. Now it can't, now we can't make it two games in a row. And that was something that Quinn talked about, um, after the shootout loss to Montreal, because his thing was, okay, well, we still played better. This was still mm-hmm. a much better game. You don't want it to be two really bad games in, in a row. Like they had, a, you know, like they had against the Kraken. I think one of the things, though, with I think one of the things, though, with that Seattle loss is that that was their last game on the road. You know, and now they have to go into a tough building and not get blown out like that again, because they still don't have any wins on the road yet. They still haven't scored more than one on the road yet, Shalina. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like they, they have, you know, the offense has been better at home. I'm not going to say it's amazing by any means, but if you look at their last few home games, you know, they, they got five against St. Louis. They had two against Montreal, they had four against Vancouver, they had two against the Caps, which, you know, there's still a number of games, though, this year in which they've scored one or fewer. So, you know, that's that to me, and I know this is the most obvious point ever, but if you want to win on the road in the NHL, you're probably going to have to score more than one goal. Yeah, that's huge. And, you know, that's going to be put to the test against, you know, again this evening. Uh, they're going into a building. The Bruins are 7-1-1 one, and one at home this season, and the Sharks haven't defeated them since 2016. And the Bruins just lost three straight. They're still first in the Atlantic, but mm-hmm. they've lost four of their last five, and they're going to take it out on the Sharks. And what the Sharks have to do is they have to find the back of the net and not you know, let the Bruins treat them like a punching bag. It's going to be interesting to watch this game in particular because it's it's the first of a difficult road stretch. And I think that makes the wins they were able to get um, against Vancouver and Washington so important. And if they could have gotten that win against uh, Montreal, it would have been that much more impressive. But then it's it's New Jersey, it's the Rangers, 
Um, then it is, you know, back to the Islanders, then Detroit, and then Vegas before they come home to face uh, Winnipeg, and they go back out on the road again. And like we said, the schedule for December, I believe they're only home like four games. But, I mean, this just speaks to how important those last two wins were. But I'm also, you know, Shalana, since you mentioned it, you know, they've been getting better and better the deeper we get into the season, and they're learning each other. So, I mean, what are your expectations for tonight and for this road trip? And is that an unfair term to say that we should have expectations because, you know, the Sharks, they're still, it's not like they're, you know, juggernauts at this point. They're still, you know, right there at the bottom of the league in terms of overall points that they've earned. I think I I do think that there should be expectations because we should be expecting them to keep getting better and we should keep seeing improvements. And so we've seen the improvements at home, but those have to translate onto, you know, onto the road now. Um, you know, when you look at, you know, the you know, the these last two wins against Vancouver and against Washington, um, just, you know, how much more cohesive they've looked. Special teams has been huge. I think that's something, I mean, nothing was going right for them at the start of the season, but special teams was definitely shooting them in the foot. And, um, you know, having a strong pair, you know, having a stronger power play, one that converts, having having a really good penalty kill that can give you momentum and that that you can come out once that's killed off and score right afterward. I think that's huge. Um, also standing up for your teammates, standing up for each other. M- like Mikhail Granlin slipped Alex Ovechkin over in the mm-hmm. last game and Ovechkin's got like six or seven inches on him. There's, you know, we're seeing them play as a more cohesive group. And one of the things that happened in that Seattle game was that that wasn't the case anymore and the team kind of crumbled. And so going out onto the road now where they haven't had as much success, you do want to have that expectation. Okay, take what you did at home to win and translate it, that into a road victory. What beyond, you know, the obvious of the the scoring though, you know, in terms of what needs to happen next for the Sharks team, like what's the next step in their evolution that you think you need to see or that David Quinn is waiting to see? Um, I, I mean, I one of the biggest things, yes, you want scoring, but we've seen them tighten this up a little bit more, but there can't be the, oh, are they going to let the opposition score with two minutes left in a period? I think that's still something that looms large with this group. Um, not necessarily, necessarily getting back on their heels, but their, but their defense team, seem, you know, it gets a little iffy when it comes to the end of a period, especially when, especially when they have a one-goal lead. Um, so, you know, so beyond just, you know, okay, adding on to that one goal lead, getting, you know, the two nothing lead or the three nothing lead beyond doing that on, you know, doing that on a regular basis, they need to tighten up later in games and not let, you know, cause we saw this again against Montreal. They were able to let, you know, they let the Habs kind of come back in to, you know, into that game. So it's, and this is something that they've done over the last couple of seasons, it, you know, being able to tighten down late in games and not let it run away from them, I think is really important. If we look back at the fact that David Quinn did blow up after the Seattle loss, you know, he, he was, you know, you know, called it embarrassing. He was very kind to our TV partners by saying uh, freaking as opposed to another uh, <laughs> word that starts with F and ends with ING. Um, you know, he hadn't played that card. Were you surprised that he did in that moment? Because they'd already had the GM talk to the team after those other two bad losses. And, you know, he took those two 10-goal losses, or 10-1 and 10-2 losses, he took them kind of in stride, but that was the moment that he decided to blow up. Was that was that surprising to you, or did you think it needed to happen? 
I do think it needed to happen, but I'd kind of been waiting, wait, like waiting for it to happen for a while. There were a couple of those home losses where we were standing out, you know, outside of the dressing room waiting for him where I really thought he was going to come out. And there were a couple of those games where he came out and after a couple of questions, you could tell that he was starting starting to get heated, but he'd really kept, you know, he'd really kept his composure with the media. So, um, you know, getting as angry as he did, I do think that needed to happen because losses like that with how the team has done, you know, through the first two months of the season, losses like that can't happen. So, I, I mean, I don't blame him for, you know, for being that upset in front, in front of the cameras at all. Yeah, I mean, eventually that's going to get back to the players, right? Like, I don't know if he was chewing out the players uh, in the dressing room. We obviously can't see what's going on in there. But, you know, the players, they're going to see that and they're going to respond. And that's, you know, that that's what I think I'm maybe just a little bit, you know, curious about is seeing how this road trip goes because you do wonder about what cards they do have to play. But, you know, with that being said, they are seemingly pointing themselves in the right direction. Um, what's your... What's your surprise at this point in terms of who's playing well? Is it is it Hoffman suddenly getting hot? Is it Fabian Zetterlin? Like who? What? What's you know compared to what your expectations were at, you know at the start of the season? Like what right now are you pleasantly surprised with? I do like seeing some of the younger guys, um, you know, really coming in and contributing, especially since that since there have been injuries, you know, on you know to the top six. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, seeing seeing a guy like Fabian Zetterlin who seemed kind of hot at the very start and then tapered off. He's had a couple of really good games. It's nice to see him get in and contribute. So that's cool. I mean, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing great things from William Eklund, which we kind of expected. I am all about the Mike Hoffman hot streak right now. I think it's great. I mean, you can see the rest of the team get really motivated behind him. He's kind of seems like a player that takes everybody with him. So that um, his success has seemed to sort of fuel um, and then um, Kalen Addison coming up, you know, coming up, and um, the physicality that he adds to the uh, blue line. That the team in general has become a lot more physical, which I think is really good because they're standing up for themselves. I think maybe that element, in general, as opposed to just one player, surprising. I think that's the biggest thing right now. The other aspect that I, you know, think maybe people probably aren't talking about, but maybe they should, is that. If they didn't properly value Logan Couture before, they probably do now. Because while I can't say for certain that some of the outcomes would have been different, I, I feel like if Logan Couture was playing, there would not have been back-to-back, you know, games where they gave up ten goals. Like his competitive will, I think, is one of the things the team has has missed the most. And I know it's you know he's the captain; it's relatively obvious. But you know, to me, it's like if you if you didn't realize how good Logan Couture was before, you probably do now. I, I don't think it can be understated how much not having him played played a part in how difficult, you know, the start to this season was. Um, not just, you know, not just what he brings on the ice, but what he, but, you know, but that leadership that he has on the bench. And he is the, you know, we, we've talked about this over like the last several seasons. He's not a yell at my team kind of guy. He's not the Joe Pavelski. I'm going to rip everybody a new one if we're losing. Yeah um type of guy but he is the you know lead by example and he and he is a tough leader and players do respond to that and um he i mean not having him in the lineup and not having him down there on you know on the bench in between shifts i absolutely think contributed to them losing their first 11 games yeah i mean it's it's got to be a a big factor and what's interesting to me is now they're talking about him skating again 
and him getting back there. And it just, you know, it, it would help them a, a big amount for him to get out there and be able to be, you know, contributing on a nightly basis. But, you know, it's interesting to watch some of the other guys, you know, step up in light of that. And we've seen, like you said, all the injuries. Like I was, you know, just looking at the guys that were walking around, you know, after the last game. And it was, you know, you see Logan walk by, you see Barabanov walk by, you see yeah. Zadina walk by. And, you know, I'm, I'm leaving out a couple of Jan Ruda, another one. And it's just like, this is not the team on paper that any of us expected. But then, like you alluded to with some of the younger guys that we've seen step it up, you've also got, you know, veterans like Ryan Carpenter and Justin Bailey, who most recently, you know, Bailey got his opportunity the other night. Like, it's it's good to see those guys from the Barracuda Pipeline have the opportunity to have an impact and make an impact when they get up here. And it speaks so much to it, you know, with this team going through, you know, I think about a couple of years ago um, when there was the Sharks-Jets game that almost got canceled because yeah. half the team had COVID and it was like a half Barracuda lineup. And then they ended up, w- you know, winning that game. And it was sort of, you know, you know, a JV roster, if you will. Um, but those are the type of things that, things that you want to see. And that's what any team wants to see. When you have a plethora of injuries, you want to see guys come up from your AHL squad um, and not just perform, but help the team win games. And so that, I mean, that also speaks to the Sharks heading in, you know, in the right direction. You know, they still have a long way to go, but not that they're getting these positive contributions from some of their AHL guys and some of their, some of their younger guys speaks to the fact that they can get better as the season goes on. We look at the play of Mackenzie Blackwood and Kapo Kakinen, and I know that they both, to me, their stats don't truly reflect what they've done out there because there have been some mighty defensive breakdowns in front of them <laughs> what I don't blame them for. Uh, but Mackenzie Blackwood in particular, uh, you know, we knew that he had a lot of potential, but I don't think I was expecting him to be this good. And that's what it's amazing. This is, you know, Shalana, you know this as well as anybody. The numbers so rarely tell the full story. You look at Blackwood's numbers and you're like, this is not indicative of what he has done at this point of the season at all. I mean, you think about the amount of games he's, faced you know mid 40s to 50 shots over the course of a game or high 30s I mean and he's been able to just keep things off the board I joked with him I said you know you stand on your head anymore you're gonna end up even more bald than I am and you know he keeps (laughs) on coming up though with these big time performances I mean I I can't I can't stop but think about you know had you know had you know had the Sharks won that one game that where where he had 42 saves you know maybe the start of the season might have gone differently he has put up just such an incredible effort I mean and so I mean he he and Kapo Kakinen have worked so so hard and and I 150 percent agree with you um his stats don't tell the story and don't tell how hard I mean he's and he's facing so many shots per night there I mean there isn't he I mean he doesn't have an easy night they're, they're just, that's just not how it is and yeah. <laughs> um it, it's just I certainly hope he doesn't go bald he's got a nice head of hair but um it's just he's working so so hard so to see him get rewarded and get those wins with all of the work that he's put in it's 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 really refreshing it's nice to see and it also shows that the rest of the team is helping back him up because yeah because I mean were, that's the thing is that the other yeah. thing you get is that it's not just, you know, McKenzie that they're, you know, tr- speaking highly of. They speak highly of Capo too. And they've, you know, they've acknowledged it, you know, how many times that Capo's been out there in particular where they've let him down. So, you know, it is 
uh, you know, I won't say that it's quote unquote nice, but like you, <clears throat> you see the guys like you alluded to physically out on there on the ice. They're defending their guys off the ice as well. But uh, Shalina, I know you got to go, but I appreciate your time as always. And uh, enjoy, uh, you know, the uh, the games on the East Coast before we're back at the tank and we get to do it again. All right. Sounds good. Anytime, Ted. Again, that is Shalana Goldman of NHL.com. We are out of time. Remember to join us at 3.30 for live pregame coverage with Dan Rosanowski and Drew Remenda as the Sharks take on the Bruins. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.